This program is brought to you by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. Coming up next on Changing Your World. Now, Abraham's covenant was before the covenant of the law, okay? So God cut a covenant with a man, Abraham, and it was a covenant of blessings. So we're going to show you how you got involved in this. And you can never again say you're cursed once I show you your inheritance. I'm getting ready to show you you are blessed. Creflo Dollar Ministries presents... The God of righteousness is at hand, and he's waiting on you to believe that you are the righteousness of God. It's, it's a high, it's, it's, it's a thrill that it, it can't be explained. There's an elevation, there's an upgrade, there's an advance for the people of God. For me, I mean, I'm just sitting on the edge of my chair going, I want more, I want more, I want more. Now, Romans 4, now we're going to look at Abraham for a moment. I'm going to tell you right away that Abraham was not a model citizen, but he was a model of grace. Please understand that sometimes we take folks and we make them this awesome piece of perfection, and they were in their humanity, and they were a model of God's grace, and Abraham was a model of God's grace. He happened to have a covenant with God, and God cut a covenant with Abraham and his seed. So to be a part of the family of Abraham, which you and I are through Jesus, you are part of the blessings that were promised. Now look at verse 1. What shall we say then? That Abraham our father, what shall we say as pertaining to the flesh, what has he found? Now notice he's saying here, what should we say then as, uh, that Abraham as our father as pertaining to self-effort? What do we find? What did Abraham find as it pertains to self-effort? In other words, here's the question I believe that Paul was asking here. What did he discover about his own righteousness? What did he discover about self-righteousness? There are only two types of righteousness, self-righteousness and God's righteousness. What did he discover about self-righteousness? What did he discover about trying to accomplish this in his own effort? What has he found? I got the answer, nothing. <laughs> Look at verse 2. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So it was obvious, obviously it wasn't made, he wasn't made righteous by his works. He, obviously, I mean, we see him trying to discover it in self-righteousness or self-effort. For if he was justified by work, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. So obviously he wasn't made righteous by, by his works. Verse 3. He said, for what saith the scripture? So he says, let's go to the word. Abraham did what? Believe God. And what happened when he believed God? 
So how did Abraham receive, notice when you're on the supply side, on the supply side it's about receiving. How did Abraham receive his righteousness? He did what? Well, watch this. How did you receive your salvation? Well, how do you think you're going to receive your healing? How do you think you're going to receive your, your, your deliverance? How do you think you're going to receive your prosperity? How do you think you're going to receive anything that Jesus finished for you? But why is it that we, we diminish the, 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 the power and the importance of believing God? Why is it that it just doesn't seem like it's enough to believe God, to believe what Jesus has already done, that we keep adding to Jesus. Why is Jesus not enough? Why are we always adding to Jesus? Verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So here's what he says here. He says, if by, if by works... Uh, then righteousness becomes a debt and not a gift. If he got it by works, then it becomes a debt and not a gift. It becomes something that was owed to him. It, it becomes something that he had earned and worked for. But it's not a gift now if you had to work for it, based on what we just saw in Romans chapter uh, 11. So if the blessing of God is the reward, if the blessing of God is a reward for good behavior, if the blessing of God is a reward for good behavior, then we get the credit for earning it. If the blessing of God is a reward for good behavior, then we get the credit for earning it. Oh, I'm blessed, honey, because I pray for five hours every day, and whoo, I'm blessed because, you know, I talk in tongues two of them hours. Ooh, ba, ba, ba. I'm blessed, hallelujah, because I got an option. If the, if, the, if the blessing, I know I'm getting a little extreme here, but I'm attacking religion this morning. If the blessing is the reward, now, for good behavior, then you get the credit for it. But if the blessing is the reward, if the blessing of God is truly a gift, if the blessing is a gift, then Jesus gets the credit for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did y'all hear that? I'm going to say that one more time. I want to make sure you got it. If the blessing was a gift, then Jesus gets the reward for it. But if the blessing is the reward that comes from good behavior, then you get the credit for it. Well, I know I'm blessed because I did. Well, you get the credit for it. Don't you don't need God? See, that's the problem. You're thinking you don't need God. The problem is you're trying to be like God without God, knowing good and evil, trying your best to be good, failing at it all the time, until one day you're going to realize you need God. Amen. And that's what, uh, I'm not against principles, but when you become so principle-minded that you can't see Jesus, when you become so principle-minded that you think you can do this without a relationship with Jesus. One of the things, you know, uh, last few weeks there's been big talk about giving and whether or not you ought to give in church. Do you understand that giving is a relationship issue? 
I don't expect for people who don't love Jesus and who don't have a relationship with Jesus to want to give. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus and don't love him, you're probably not going to agree with anything somebody says about giving. Because giving is, de is designed to be uh, uh, something harvested from love. And if you don't love God and have no relationship with God, you're not going to be interested in being a giver. But you cannot stop a Christian who has a personal relationship with God and who loves God. You cannot talk them out of giving. The only people that have a problem with giving are people who, don't, who, have, who got a problem with their relationship with God. Because giving is just a reflex of your relationship and your love that you have with God. Now, which one would you prefer? Would you prefer to get the blessing as a reward because of what you do and get credit for it? Or would you prefer to get the blessing as a gift and give Jesus credit for it? Verse 5, Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not... Okay, I want to really amplify verse 5. For him, for to him that does not work, to him that does not work, to him that worketh not, but he what? Instead of working to try to earn it, but he does what? Believe. But he believes on him that justifies. Now, this is the thing that justifies the ungodly. He's justifying ungodly people then his faith is counted for righteousness. He's justifying ungodly people. The scandal of the gospel is that holy God justifies wicked and ungodly people. Look at verse 5. To him that does not work, that does not perform. To him that, that does not trust in his self-effort. To him that worketh not, but he believeth. On him. What's the scandal now that justifies the ungodly? The scandal of the gospel is that the holy God is declaring righteous ungodly people who have not religiously performed to deserve that declaration. That he is declaring right all of those who believe in him. <laughs> Glory be to God. He's declaring right those who have faith in what Jesus has done. So, I'll say this once more. If anybody in here goes to hell because of what you do, everybody going to hell. You hear that clap? Now, Rem, I was with you until about three, 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Why? Because going to heaven and hell is not going to be determined by what you do. It's going to be determined by who you believe. I got a few more claps. I got to keep talking, don't I? The Bible makes it very clear. What do I need to do to go to heaven? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What does that mean? Believe that he died for my sins, that he shed his blood to forgive me of my past, present, and future sins, and I believe in his finished works. That's how I get to heaven. Now, you're concerned about your behavior. What I'm trying to tell you, if you'll start believing in Jesus and start seeing him, the Holy Spirit's going to start changing your desires. And eventually, your belief in Jesus will translate on down to how you act. But some of you try to act good, and you ain't good. <laughs> because if you don't have God, you ain't got good. Because God is the only one that's good, and to live a life without God, you ain't good even if you think you're doing good. You ain't good. Nobody, you, nobody no good without God. You, know, you remember when your mama used to say, you know, you ain't no good. There's just something about you. I don't even know if you're my child. You, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't good. Ain't, you, you ain't no good. <laughs> if you understand all this, say amen. amen. Now look at Romans 10, 10, 4. Almost there. Romans 10 and 4. Hallelujah. The, the Jews didn't know about this righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that, that believed. They didn't know or, or they couldn't believe in this righteousness by faith, so they believed in this righteousness by work. Go to verse 5. So look what they did. Uh, Go to verse 3, excuse me. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, Jewish people were ignorant of God's righteousness, they went about to establish their what? Own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So what happens is Christians today, they don't, they don't, they don't believe in this righteousness by faith, so they go about to establish self-righteousness. They go about to establish their own righteousness. Now, here's the problem. The problem with you going about to establish your own righteousness, listen to me carefully, it's impossible. You can't establish righteousness. That's the problem. The only true righteousness is what, what comes uh, through Jesus Christ. It, it, the only thing that happens is somehow you believe you're righteous by your works and you believe it's a gift. And that's double-minded. You can't believe both of them. You're going to have to believe that you're righteous as a gift or you're righteous by what you do. But if you try to believe both of them, then a, that's double-mindedness. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he should receive anything from the Lord. For the law is not a faith. Now, go to um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 through 14. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And then we're going to finally get to Abraham here in, in Genesis chapter 20. Galatians chapter 3, 6 through 14. And let me show you something here in the, in the New Living Translation. I'll put it on the screen. I want people to see this. I want you to hear this. I want you to notice the number of times I keep turning in scriptures and showing you this over and over and over again. And this is, there, there, there are like hundreds of scriptures in the New Testament that talks about this over and over again. And then when you put the New Testament glasses on, you can go to the Old Covenant and see stuff there in the, in the, in the Old Covenant. And it's like, dude, it's, how is it that we go to church all our life, some of us, and they never heard this? People say, I read my Bible every day, and I'm thinking, it must be another edition or something. Yeah, yeah really. 
Look at verse 6. He said, in the same way Abraham believed God. Now, let me, let's talk about the Abrahamic covenant for a moment. The, Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant was an agreement. It was a covenant of blessings, an agreement between God, Abraham, and the seed of Abraham. So you had to be a part of the lineage in order to be a participant or a part of the covenant of blessing. All right. Now, Abraham's covenant was before the covenant of the law. Okay. So God cut a covenant with a man, Abraham, and it was a covenant of blessings. So we're going to show you how you got involved in this. And you can never again say you're cursed once I show you your inheritance. Amen. I'm getting ready to show you you are blessed. In the same way Abraham believed God, this is what he's trying to get us to do. In the same way he believed God, God counted him as righteous. Why? Because of his works? We saw that wasn't the case. Because of his what? Faith. So Abraham said, I believe God. And heaven said, you're righteous. Without him having to do anything performed for it, he said it was right because of his belief. Verse 7. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Somebody say, that's me. So notice what he said. The real children of Abraham. No, 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 no. No, you, no, you think it was Isaac and them. The real children. And I mean it was. But the real children are those who put their faith in God. Say out loud, I put my faith in God. And I say to you, child of Abraham. Child of Abraham. Doctors say, you sick. You say, I believe I received my healing because of Jesus Christ child of Abraham. Amen. See, people going to start knowing who you are because of your faith in your God. Child of Abraham. Verse 8, watch this. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations or ethnics or ethnos will be blessed through you, Abraham. And so anybody that do what you do can have what you have. Turn to your neighbor and say, Abraham's blessings are mine. Verse 9, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Somebody shout, I have faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. I say to you, receive the blessings of Abraham. Why? Because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 10, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So now if you're trying to keep if you're, if you're trying to, if, you, if your way to 
the blessing is through rule keeping. You're still a part of the merit system. He says, let me go and tell you right away. I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. Cursed. The word curse means empowered to fail. The word blessed means empowered to have success. Verse 11. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Verse 12. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. That's what we heard in church, right, all our lives. It is through obeying the law that you have life. Verse 13. But Christ, oh, wow, has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. All right? Somebody says, well, Rem, what happens when the preacher get on the thing and say, if you don't tithe, you curse with a curse? That's not for us no more. We deliver from that. Amen. Guess what? We still get the blessings for tithing, but we don't get curse if we don't. Amen. Now, real quickly, let's go to Genesis chapter 20. Verse 2, now I'm, I'm going to go through this and begin to label it. Now, I want you to notice this. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now, I want you to write by verse, write by verse uh, 2, put deception. This is Abraham, deception. All right, verse 11. <clears throat> And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Put in parentheses, fear. Verse 12. And yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. Verse 13, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, this is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me at every place whether we shall come. Do this and be nice. Say of me, he is my brother. Put in parentheses, cowardness. <laughs> so, so far we have a Abraham who operated in deception fear, and cowardness. So let's see what you get for deception, fear, and cowardness. Verse 14, was there a reward? I mean, certainly there can't be a reward. Look at it. He's in fear. He's in deception, lying, acting like a coward. Surely he can't. We ain't got no reward here. He was not the model citizen. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men, servants and women, servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah. Somebody put by that reward. Fifteen. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. Somebody put before that reward. 
verse 16. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Put by that reward. And then verse 17 and 18, check this out now. And so Abraham prayed unto God. Abraham prayed. Because, you know, I heard in church, you know, if you got sin in your life, God ain't going to answer your prayer. That's what I heard. I don't know what y'all heard, but if you, you, if you got any kind of sin in your life, God ain't going to answer your prayer. And if you got sin in your life and you take communion, you're going to be dead by 12. <laughs> but look what he did. He prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and healed his wife and his maidservant, and they bare children. She couldn't have no children. And Abraham put hands on her, and the anointing got on her. And he got prayer results. To see the manifestations of what God has promised us, all we need to do is believe him. Don't you let faith come out the field to have a rest. For as long as you are believing, and as long as you are alive, believe God. For a love gift of $45 or more, we would like to offer you the Law vs. Faith 5-Message Series. You are not cursed! You are blessed! Also, to help aid in building your faith, we have included the Daily Faith Confession CD. Once you have been redeemed by Christ, you've been delivered from a generational curse. I don't care what happened one generation ago, two generations ago, three generations ago, or four generations ago. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. You have moved from generational curses to generational blessings. Call or go online to order today. Calling all radical women. It's that time again to celebrate an infinite God who declares your worth. Join Pastor Taffy Dollar. We're getting over into the promises of the victory in Jesus. There's a future that is bright. There's a future that is whole. There's a future that is blessed. Dr. Dee Dee Freeman. He has given us everything necessary to fix what we don't like in life. Laura Pickett. You've not been called to be ordinary, but extraordinary. Sarah Jakes Roberts. I came here to unleash your glory like never before. I'm not going to let no shoes get in the way because I refuse to lose. And special musical guests, Miranda Curtis, Demita Chandler, and Todd Delaney. Register today at taffydollar.org. It's a special time here on the broadcast. It's offering time. We never want to take for granted the faithful partners, friends, and supporters who give constantly to this ministry. I want to extend a warm thanks for your precious gifts. For those of you who may be thinking about giving, let me assure you that your seed is a twice-sown seed. Your seed to Creflo Dollar Ministry helps minister to the physical and spiritual needs of hurting people all over this world by providing food, hygiene and school supplies and spiritual resources such as this broadcast. Now if this broadcast has blessed you, please pray about sowing a seed into it and prepare to change lives all over the world.
When you make financial donations to Creflo Dollar Ministries, those resources are distributed immediately where you requested. If you do not designate your contribution, rest assured it is used for one of our many outreach endeavors. We are eternally grateful for your faithful financial support. Your generosity allows us to make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. Through Creflo Dollar Global Missions, we are providing food, clothing, crucial supplies, and the Word of God to people in the most remote regions of the world. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends.